Local businesses deserve local decision-making, and that's why Oconee State Bank is proud to announce that Philip Edwards and Chad Thomason will be leading the loan production office for the athens Clark County area. With strong market knowledge and accelerated decision-making, Chad and Philip can help area business owners, entrepreneurs, developers, doctors, and others move quickly to respond to opportunities. Let your business experience remarkable this year with Oconee State Bank, OconeeStateBank.com, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Beyond the Cupola. Presented by Oconee State Bank. At Oconee State Bank, experience remarkable. Yeah, I'm sitting here bebopping to the music and probably looking, looking like a fool. But anyway, uh, welcome to Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank. I'm Mike Salmon, and we have some special guests, as always, here in the studio that we're excited to talk about. At Oconee State Bank, they love to experience remarkable, and we love to share remarkable stories. And uh, joining us today here in the studio is Lee Merritt, and uh, she is with a company called Merritt Properties. And Lee, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And you've been escorted to the studio by our friend Mike Fulton from Oconee State Bank. And Mike, always a pleasure to see you. It's great to see you again, Mike. Well, we want to talk about Merit Properties and, and the great work you're doing there. And, and you also are, are giving back to the community. You're with the Downtown Development Authority with the City of Lawrenceville. So we've got a lot of things to get into. But Lee, tell us first of all about your company, Merit Properties, and what you do. Okay, Merit Properties. Um, we are a husband and wife team, and we invest in industrial real estate, and then we lease and manage our own properties. So most of what we have is in Gwinnett County. We've just expanded a little bit into Barrow. And um, so we have, over the years, developed um, greenfield properties just from the ground up. Uh, we have purchased existing occupied industrial buildings and, and taken over those. And most recently, we have purchased and renovated vacant properties that are in some state of neglect or disrepair and put them back into use. Wow. And where's your husband, by the way? Why is he not here? I should have drug him along, shouldn't well, I? We'll have to give him a shout out, of course. Yes, he can be next. It sounds like a lot of moving parts. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a husband and wife business. That's correct. That's correct. Um, so really, Mark started this. Um, we've been doing this for about 20 years, and he started it, and I came in about 10 years ago. So I was at home with small children for a bit, and then the recession hit, and we kind of had to, you know, rethink and restructure, and uh, he's out in the field more, and I'm in the office more, and it makes a good partnership. How did you all get started in this business? Well, it's an interesting story. Um, Mark was an attorney for many, for several years, and you know, when you're, um, when you're an attorney, you're not making money unless you're billing hours. And he was um, self-employed, entrepreneur, and realized that he didn't, we didn't have a retirement plan. And so he had one client, a law client, who wanted to start a business and needed a building. So we thought, well, this will be a good retirement plan. So we bought one piece of land and built one building on it for this client. And this was in probably, gosh, 1986. And um, no, not 86. 96 and um, built that one building and before the building was finished the tenant pulled out of course uh -huh. <laughs> and we were left with without a tenant so we quickly put an ad in the paper which is what you did then this was before internet <laughs> and um, and filled it up before the building was complete so we just started with one and where how many properties now are you managing today so now we have about 14 or 15 different different buildings and it's been a slow growth over the years um, started with that one building and then built a second one 
And then, you know, things were growing really fast at that time. And this was, you know, pre-recession and you could get a lot of equity and leverage that and move on to the next building. And so really over about a, a 10 year period, um, I have to give Mark credit. He did it at that point and built it up. And he has a real um, eye for, um, for seeing where there's value. And he was able to pick up several properties that were undervalued and go in and renovate and turn them into something. Um, and then about 10 years ago, I joined in joined in with them and now this is what we do all day long every day well there's a talent there when you mm -hmm. see something that maybe other people don't see and you see the potential mm -hmm. but to start with one building yes it sends something else to go to two and three and four and you said you grew it slowly though mm -hmm. but at some point obviously a light bulb came on and said listen we can multiply this and, and do more and make this a full-time thing exactly it took about five years to go from um, doing it on a part-time basis to doing it on a full-time basis and so you know five years of getting you know buildings up and going and rented and getting tenants in them um, and then it became a full-time job and um, I'm trying to think how what what made that we did make one big jump where we um, uh, transferred from one property uh, we had two small buildings or two buildings they're a good size but then um, sold one to the um, current tenant and did a 1031 exchange into a much larger property. And uh, that property is in Duluth, Georgia, and it was, uh, you know, seven buildings all on one, mm -hmm. on one parcel. So that was kind of a, you know, a big catapult at one time and then just kept growing it from there. So you have mm -hmm. several buildings, Lee. Yes. And all these tenants now. Yes. That you have to answer to. Yes. And it's a husband and wife team, and I think you have one other person that helps out, uh, I guess, mm -hmm. kind of the, the, the repair person. That's right. That's right. Um, How do you do that? It's just you and you and him, you and your yeah. husband. Yeah, and surprisingly, it's 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 pretty manageable. Um, we have automated as much as we can. We just this year found found a um, system online. We have a son who's a computer programmer, and as we were collecting rent checks and you know depositing them all, doing everything manually, he said, you know, you ought to be able to find an online program that can do that. And so, sure enough, I think it was Christmas Day. He and uh, son and husband got online and looked and found something. And it took us a few months to convince all of our tenants to, to get on board, but now they all pay electronically, so there's no paper, you know, and it all runs very efficiently to, to, to get that in. It's same thing with online bill pay and online rent payments. And um, as far as maintenance goes, my husband is very hands-on. He likes to do everything himself and likes to own all of the equipment that you need to do it with. So, um, you know, he, now that he can be out in the field and hands-on and fixing things himself, that's how he prefers to do it. And he has the one, we have one maintenance guy who, um, gosh, we live and die by him. Mm -hmm. He's faithful and loyal and, and, you know, enables us to, to do this the way we do it. And, and with his expertise also, your husband as, as a, a, an attorney, I mean, that helps a lot, too. So you can do a lot of the legal stuff, but he's also hands-on. I mean, you got the perfect partner for this. That's right. That's right. But there's also some special dynamics when it's a husband and wife as opposed to you and just some other business partner yes i mean you live together as well how i mean are you are you constantly thinking business 24 hours a day how do you avoid doing that we talk about it a lot we talk about it a lot um so we touch base in the morning and we touch base at night and we both kind of update the other one on on what happened and who said what and what tenants doing this and what you know what this one needs and, and touch base but then we also go our separate ways so he is a night person and i'm a morning person mm -hmm. And then um, he is out in the field most of the time, and I'm in the office. And so that, you know, we have our separate, separate spaces. We do some things together. Um, you know, if we're going to go see a new property to look at purchasing something, we do that together. If we're going to, um, you know, negotiate a lease and, and we've got a lot of terms to, to talk about, we'll do that together. 
So some togetherness, some things have to be separate. Who's minding the store if you go on vacation, though? Or do you really ever go on a real vacation? We just did that for the first time. So we're, we're new empty nesters as well. So we took, uh, we weren't sure if it would work or not. We took a 15-day trip to England, and we were able to run our business from there. Everything was, um, you know, it was online. People made online payments. We could send emails. We could make phone calls. Were you doing all that? Is that a vacation, Lee? It, we, it, surprisingly, it was. It was. <laughs> the time change was a little tricky. So we, you know, between 10 and 11 o'clock at night over there, we had to catch up with people people here. But it was surprisingly doable. We were we were pleased. Well, you're so you're self-employed. Yes, it, it's your company, obviously. Your your husband was an attorney, so he could have been mm-hmm. self-employed or he could have worked for an, a, a, law, a law firm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the benefits for those out there listening that are maybe thinking about becoming self-employed? What are some of the, the pros and cons? Yeah, well, we, we love being self-employed, first of all, and it, um, it comes naturally to us. It's kind of in our blood. So my grandparents were self-employed. My parents are self-employed. Um, it's just kind of a way of life for us, how I've always grown up. They're all entrepreneurs. Um, and my husband, even when he practiced law, he set up shop, hung a shingle, and, you know, was a sole practitioner, practiced with his, with his father for a while, and then went out on his own. And, um, you know, so we were used to that, but it does have its pros and cons. Um, the biggest pro is the flexibility. You know, you can work any 70 hours a week you want. Yeah. <laughs> any, any time. So we, we all become entrepreneurs or self-employed so we can work 80 hours for ourselves as opposed to 40 hours for somebody else. That's right. That's right. But the flexibility really is, is beautiful. Like I said, Mark is a, he's a, um, a night person and I'm a morning person. And if he wants to roll into work at, you know, seven o'clock at night, he can. And if I want to be there at six o'clock in the morning, I can, you know, and if I want to take off in the middle of the day and, you know, do something else and come back and attend to it at seven at night, I can do that. Um, so the, the biggest pro is flexibility. Right. And once you've, once you've had a taste of it, gosh, it's hard, hard to give that up. That's true. Yeah. Um, but the biggest con is uncertainty. Of course, we've always been self-employed. And so even when he was practicing law, the hardest part is not ever knowing how much money you're going to have. You know, you can't really budget. You don't know, especially when it's a new business, you know, once you're up and running, you have a track record, then you have a budget, you know what it's going to be. But those first few years, you don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just month by month, and there might be money in the account, and there might not. Right, right. <laughs> Tell me again how long has Merit Properties been around? It's been 20 years. 20 years. So you've been around w- and through the, the whole housing market crash and, and all that. How did that affect commercial property? Yeah, it, it was hard. It was hard. We really felt it. Um, it was hard on our tenants. A lot of our tenants went out of business because a lot of them were related to the housing industry. So the type of space that we have is um, typically small. So we, we have warehouse space for entrepreneurs. Most of our tenants are people who invented something or came up with some great idea and they started it in their garage and it became successful and it blew up and they've outgrown their garage. And so now they need to rent real commercial space. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those people came, so we had um, cabinet makers and granite fabricators and you know, a number of people who were tied to the housing industry, but you know, everything kind of stopped. So a lot of our tenants had trouble staying in business. And so what you do is, you know, you lower rents, you give people a few months off and you know, you hope things come back and just kind of, you know, hang in there. And that's what we did. And I would mm-hmm. think there's some benefits mm-hmm. for the, 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 the tenants that they can talk to the owner directly. Yes, you can be more flexible and, and work with them and know that, you know, eventually this will end 
and and that was helpful. And, and there's a relationship class. there where they can ask you, and you know Joe, and you know Joe's a good guy, and he, he's you know, perhaps you become a friend because you've known him for years. Exactly. That will work with you, Joe, and let's 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 you know get through this. That's exactly right, and that's what happened. But but we did. We had we had a lot of tenants that did go out of business as well, and that's that's yeah. sad to watch. The, the neat thing about our business is watching the neat ways that people come up with to make a living. They come up with all kind of things. You know, one of our tenants um, imports desserts from Italy. And they, they ship them over on shipping containers into Savannah, truck them up to Atlanta, and they deliver them to high-end hotels all over Atlanta. You know, we have another tenant who um, is from Brazil, and they have big machines that package food. And they sell those machines to people all over the southeast. Um, another interesting one, we have somebody who does a film production company, and he makes fan films. So I have a life-size replica of the Starship Enterprise in my warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the benefits you didn't realize you'd have getting into commercial lending and yeah, so forth have, or commercial space. And it's the neat relationships and the neat things we get to see that people do, that they come up with ways to make a living. Yeah. What I love about Beyond the Cupola uh, and Oconee State Bank is they, they want to share these remarkable stories. And you do have a, a remarkable story. and appreciate you sharing it with us. So you, you've been successful now. You've grown it over 20 years do you plan to continue to grow it? Do you want to keep it? What do, is there an end game to this? Yeah, we have that conversation a lot because we Especially really, now, empty nesters, you're starting to think retirement. Yeah, and, and what are we going to do? And so we've thought about that. We could take this to another level. We could take on partners. We could try to attract investors. We could hire a, a professional management company, or we could hire a layer of managers. But we just don't think we want to do that. <laughs> we like our life. We like the flexibility. We like, you know, um, having one employee is great. Yeah. You know, having, having 10 employees is just a whole different lifestyle. Right. And when you're hands-on, it's hard to let go, too. That, there's that, too. There's that, too. Well, you're here as a guest of uh, Mike Fulton and Oconee State Bank. Talk about your relationship and how you got to know Mike and your relationship with the bank. Sure. Mike has been our banker for quite some time, and we've enjoyed our relationship with him. And now I'm actually serving on the advisory committee that um, Mike formed when they opened the office in Gwinnett. So a, a couple of us... Um, business people from Gwinnett County get together once every month or every other month and meet and really we're supposed to be advising them on what's going on in Gwinnett County and kind of you know give them a, a sense of the pulse of the business community in Gwinnett but really it's it's a huge benefit to us they bring in speakers and we've learned about SBA lending and we've learned about online banking and we've learned you know it, it's a treat for us to get to be a part of it. You're familiar with Gwinnett County and we'll talk more about your role with the Downtown Development Authority with the City of Lawrenceville so you know the area pretty well yes you know Coney State Bank because you've been doing business with them what are your thoughts on how successful Oconee State Bank is going to be in this community? Oh, I think they're going to be very successful because, you know, businesses are just thriving here. And yeah. there, there'll be a lot of opportunities. And, you know, they need bankers. Mike, from your perspective, uh, talk about your relationship with Merritt Properties. Well, I've known uh, Mark and Lee now. I guess it was probably... 2014 when we got together and started off with uh, a couple of transactions on some of their real estate and this was at a time where things were just now kind of getting back into in the groove after the real estate crisis and so we were able to uh, refinance some deals for them and uh, and just I've gotten to know them over the years and I really I mean to give them credit they really are hands-on I think that's one of the benefits of their of their company is that uh, they get to know their tenants, and they can go out there and shake their hand. And if they need something fixed, when you're dealing with directly with the owners, you just get a quick response because it's important to them. They're passionate about what they do. 
And so that's one thing I've always admired about uh, Mark and Lee. And uh, we're just fortunate that uh, she is on our advisory board. They, they, you know, all four of them, but Lee especially gives a, a wealth of knowledge and uh, has referred us business and uh, in the community that she knows of things that are going on. So she's just been a, a great asset to the bank. As we continue to move along here, it's been a while since I've asked you this question. How has your acceptance been in Gwinnett County with Oconee State Bank? Uh, what's the reaction you're getting from the, the business community? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, we've done everything we can to really get the, the word out of who we are and, and what we're about. And again, with all the transition going on in the market in Gwinnett County with some of these banks merging and getting acquired, uh, there's going to be less banks when you think about it. And so now it's a perfect opportunity for us as a community bank yeah. to come into Gwinnett County and really make a splash because we are um, a small community bank. So service is very important to us, just like, you know, Mark and Lee, service is important to them, to their tenants, and we're the same way with our clients. And so very hands-on and try to give the best, best service we can in the community. And you talk about the changing landscape here in Gwinnett County. Timing is everything. You know, you couldn't have not seen this coming when you made plans years ago, say, to expand into Gwinnett County. But but timing is everything. And Oconee State Bank has money to lend, correct? Absolutely. We have a lot of it. We are looking for all kinds of uh, deals right now, owner-occupied real estate, investment real estate. And uh, we're just excited about the opportunity and, and the growth expected for this year and beyond. Our guest is uh, Lee Merritt. She's with Merritt Properties. That was Mike Fulton with Oconee State Bank. And uh, uh, Lee, let, let's transition away from, from your company, your, your, your and your husband's company, and, and talk about uh, the, uh, you serving as the, uh, the chairperson or chair, chairman or chair, whatever term you want to use, for the Downtown Development Authority with the city of, of Lawrenceville. I'll tell you what, if, if, if no one has gone to downtown Lawrenceville in the last several years, they need to. Uh, talk about your role there and what people will find in downtown Lawrenceville. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'll tell you what, a, a downtown development authority is a, it's a, it's a body that's used as a tool for economic development in, in downtowns. So it's a, um, created by uh, state legislation mm -hmm. and every county in Georgia every city in Georgia can have one but it takes their city council um, it, they have to give enabling legislation to kind of turn it on and make it happen and so Lawrenceville probably has um, probably the most active aggressive development authority in the region we have a lot going on yeah yeah so it's, it's been a neat thing to be a part of because there's so much development going on um, in downtown so a development authority can um, we can grant or apply for loans um, a development authority can own or acquire or improve property. Um, we can issue revenue bonds. A development authority can act more like an individual, like a private individual in the market. Mm -hmm. So we can buy and sell real estate, whereas the city couldn't do that. They have to go through a bidding process and give things to the highest bidder and public notice. But a development authority, and we're appointed by city council, can operate more like a private citizen. And you know, rather than like a private citizen operating for our own for-profit, we're doing it for the betterment of the city. So looking at what the city's long-range plan is and, and you know, what, our, what our vision is for what we want our city to become and help that economic development take place. Because for, for a town and city to do well, you got to have a vibrant downtown, don't you? Exactly, exactly. That's the strategy. If you have a vibrant downtown, then there'll be a halo effect, and that will you know, affect the, the surrounding areas as well. But the downtown is a, it's an economic engine. You know, Gwinnett County is unique in that um, most counties in Georgia have um, a county seat and then maybe one or two other cities. Right. You know, think about Jackson County. They've got Commerce, and they've got Pendergrass, and they've got 
um, you know, Brazelton maybe. And most counties in Georgia are like that. But in Gwinnett County, we have 16 cities. And so 16 economic engines that have, you know, city councils and economic development directors and downtown development authorities that are all making things happen. So in Lawrenceville, you know, we, we, we're the county seat, and so we've, you know, got that on steroids. So we've got a development authority who is very active in trying to make projects happen that otherwise wouldn't happen on their own. Um, I'll tell you about, you know, a few of the key things we have going on that you're going to see um, in the next, um, say, two to five years. Okay. Um, the big one that we're excited about is the South Lawn Project. So that is um, a 35-acre tract within our downtown, walkable to our downtown, that we actually had the groundbreaking ceremony yesterday. And over the next two, three, four, or five years, that will be built, built out with 600 residences. So between multifamily units, townhomes, single-family homes, there'll be some retail, some park space. People can live in downtown Lawrenceville, and then you can walk to all the cool restaurants. You can walk to the Aurora Theater. You can be in the park. Um, and so that's, you know, coming online. Demolition's happening now, and that will come mm -hmm. online in the, next, in the next couple of years. So that's exciting. There's a sooner one coming up that the Downtown Development Authority facilitated, and this is called City View. It's on the, um, the site of the former uh, Lawrenceville High School. And if anybody's familiar with Lawrenceville, it's where the water tower was. So there's a community going in there, and it will go up this summer. Um, there'll be homes, townhomes, single-family homes, some live-work office space that, that you can purchase right there in the downtown, um, up high on a hill overlooking the, you know, the, the top of the county courthouse. So you could really have that you know, live-work-play experience right there. Um, a couple of other interesting ones that, that we've got a hand in, there's something called the, the College Corridor. So we've got Georgia Gwinnett College, two miles from our downtown. And if you can get, you know, those millennial minds mm -hmm. from, from the college into our downtown, that just really adds a dynamic that, that makes the downtown an exciting place. So we've got a corridor, two-mile linear park that is under construction right now. It's going to be built to connect the college to the downtown. So it'll be drivable. There'll be walking paths, bike paths, roundabouts, landscaping along the way. So that, that's kind of an exciting project yeah and um, the last one would be um, having to do with the Aurora Theater so the Aurora Theater is um, you know one of um, greater Atlanta's you know premier performing arts venues I think they have 6,000 season subscribers but um, through the downtown development authority and work with the city of Lawrenceville um, this project is going to expand to take up the whole block so we're going to build what's called the Lawrenceville Performing Arts Center and it's gonna um, be a, you know, a whole city block, and it will have, um, the Aurora Theater has a 250-seat theater right now. It will have a 500-seat theater in addition to the current theater, but then the, the neatest aspect of it is that we'll also have um, Georgia Gwinnett College's Fine Arts Department will come to our downtown. Mm -hmm. So we will have um, classroom space for students, we'll have professors, you know, offices, right. all of that will be right there in our downtown. And that will be breaking ground within months as well. So it, in two to in two to five years, Lawrenceville is going to look like a different landscape. So what you're saying is nothing's going on in downtown Lawrenceville. <laughs> there, My yeah. goodness gracious! Mm -hmm. yes. So between between your, your your role as the chair for the downtown development authority with with mm -hmm. Lawrenceville and your 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 own business, mm -hmm. you sleep. When? <laughs> yeah, I, I find a little bit of time here and there. That's amazing stuff. Yeah. Now, it, it, it's enough pressure as it is to already to have your own business mm -hmm. with your husband, which adds maybe some other pressures and, and, and things that we talked about that. But uh, in your case, actually pretty good, though. Um, 
why did you decide to get involved with the DDA? It seems like you already had a lot on your plate. Yeah, you would think so, but it really was a perfect fit for me. Um, you know, in my office, I am there by myself. Since we're a small, per, you know, a three-person company, the other two are out in the field, so I'm sitting in an office by myself all day long. And it also worked well with the evolution of my family and kind of where we are. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for, you know, when my kids were young, and my involvement was in, you know, PTA and room mom and team mother and Cub Scout leader and that type of thing, and that's where I found, you know, doing well at those. That's where I got fulfillment was mm -hmm. being, and that's where I found um, being involved in the community. And so I had a kind of a, a hole in my life when my children, uh, you know, left the nest, and this is the perfect thing to fill that void. It gets me out of the office. I'm around people. I'm investing in my own community. So, I'm, you know, I'm seeing people, and it gives me a sense of fulfillment to really see your hometown. I'm, I'm a native of Lawrenceville, so I've been there my entire life. Which high school? Was it Lawrenceville yeah. High School? Central or? Gwinnett High School. Central Gwinnett. Yeah. Black Knights. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Go Black Knights. So to get to see your own hometown blossom and transform in a way like this, it's really a treat for me. It's a really dynamic time to be, be involved. So it was a perfect fit. Yeah, and with so much, the, you mentioned the restaurants, the Aurora Theater. You know, in the, in the past, you go to Lawrenceville, it's like, oh, i got to go to the courthouse, so i got to go pay some taxes or something. But there's a lot of good reasons oh, yeah. to, to go to Lawrenceville as well. Let me ask you a, a kind of a, a serious question about the, the development authority when, when it comes to Lawrenceville. Because you talk about everything going on in downtown Lawrenceville. Mm -hmm. And you see that happening in, in Norcross and, and other places in, 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 in the Sugarloaf area now. They've got the whole work-live-play thing that they're going to do in the Sugarloaf area, the Gwinnett Center area, and so forth. The fact that Lawrenceville is not accessible right off a major interstate, mm -hmm. is that a pro or a con when you're trying to do what you're trying to do in Lawrenceville? Yeah. I don't think it's been going to be a problem for us, and it hasn't been. You know, we've got... We just kind of have all the right, um, the right elements in the recipe for this to be successful. And people will find you. Well, if you think about it, we have Georgia Gwinnett College with 13,000 students and 500 PhDs working right there in Lawrenceville. And then we also have Gwinnett Hospital System with, you know, everybody that works in that hospital, all the doctors, all the yeah. nurses, all the administrators. Uh, I think there's a residency program there where they have, you know, people coming. And we've got the Justice Center, you know, GJAC. So you've got everybody that comes there to work, everybody that comes there to transact business. So we've got all of those people coming to Lawrenceville as part of our daytime population. They eat in the restaurants, they go to the Aurora Theater, but um, now they have a place to live. So, you know, we're offering what we, we knew what we were missing was housing. Mm -hmm. It was a place that we, we don't have a big variety of housing in Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville was built out first, you know, right after when, you know, General Electric came down and, and everybody kind of moved to the suburbs and started filling those, those jobs. Lawrenceville was built in the 60s and 70s. So we were the first, uh, first wave of build out. Mm -hmm. And then we're kind of built out completely when, when the surrounding cities started to get built out. And then they had John Whelan subdivisions and swim and tennis neighborhoods and all that. And we don't have that. Our housing stock is very different. So um, when you just have one type, then you need to diversify. So by adding the housing that we're going to add downtown, we're just giving more of an option for, for people to come and, and, and be a part of it. 
Wonderful. And I'm sure someday soon we'll have a big Oconee State Bank branch right there in downtown Lawrenceville. I'm thinking we will. <laughs> do, you, do you realize it's been a half hour that we've been talking? Does it feel like 30 minutes? No, it did not. It went by in a hurry. You were right. Uh, Lee, for those that would like to find out more about Merritt Properties, mm-hmm. your company, where can they get more information? We have a website. It is called office-warehouse.com. Great stuff. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for everything you're doing with the city of Lawrenceville as well. And we appreciate you coming into the studio today. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. And Mike, your track record is still perfect at bringing wonderful guests with remarkable stories. Thank you, Mike. It's always a pleasure. I love hearing these stories. I learn something new every time. So it's it's great. I'm, I'm happy for Lee that she was able to come and share so much. It's really cool to see the relationship too that that you have with the clients that you're working with as well and and it seems like the feeling is mutual so for those that would like to that are listening that might want to reach out to Oconee State Bank and say I think I'd like to have a conversation with Mike where can they get more information? Sure our website is uh, www.oconeestatebank.com and uh, you can certainly reach me at mfulton at oconeestatebank.com is my email address. Great. Thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you. you, Lee. Thank you. want to uh, re- uh, thank our listeners as well remind you that you can listen to this show anytime you want, 24-7, by going to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then select Beyond the Cupola. Not only will this episode be there, but all our previous episodes as well. So if you missed one of our previous shows, you can listen to it anytime you want at your convenience. My thanks to our producer, Trey. Until next time, I'm Mike. This has been Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank here on Business Radio X. 